Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. Hello everyone and welcome to the Best Damn Camp Auroraverse Read Along and Analysis Podcast that sets out to read all the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. I'm your host Fran and welcome to the show. Today we continue our timeline journey with The King Chronicles, The Throne of Fire, Chapter 19, The Revenge of Bullwinkle the Moose God, that was a hard word to say, and Chapter 20, We Visit the House of the Helpful Hippo, which are from Sadie's point of view. As always, I've got my points to focus on, so today we've got plot, characters, and generally what I thought of it. But to begin, here's the synopsis. We take a ride on the River of Night and meet a nameless blockade, dive into a river of fire, and take a stop to visit the elderly. It seems that this was the place they needed to be because they find the god they're looking for, but not in the state they need them to be. And that is the basic synopsis <laughs> for what we're about to be diving in. Before we uh, dive in, I do want to just put a small little apology here um, for everyone. I realised I didn't have it previously, but I'm sorry that I took a little break. I, I know it was only a week, but things were just kind of a little bit chaotic at that period of time. I had so many insane deadlines. Um, I've been working to get Home to the Wild, which is coming out August 20th, basically finished so I can you know, get it uploaded and get pre-orders for the paperback sorted. It is still up only for ebook pre-orders at the moment, but I'm hoping by next month that pre-orders for the paperback will actually be able to be up. Just finally, just basically just doing another round of proofs just to make sure it is as perfect as it can be. Um, but yes, I just, I want to say thank you to everyone's um, patience. I know a lot of people left some really nice messages on um, Instagram where I posted this need to have like a mini break. Um, I just want to say thank you. Yeah, that's that's basically what I wanted to do. I know I didn't put it in the episode last week, which was mainly because I was with uh, Robert. So I was like, oh, I won't put it in there. I'll do it next time. So I'm doing it now. So thank you for everyone who reached out to check if I was okay. Um, I really do appreciate that. And I'm working to record more episodes um ahead of time so I don't have these breaks again just so everyone is able to have you know those weekly episodes but don't worry I'm going to try and also not burn myself out because that's basically what happened um and yeah again thank you all for reaching out and checking to make sure I'm okay but let's dive into the episode because of course that's the main thing that you were all here for I just wanted to put this out there so we're going to be diving in of course first to chapter 19 because 19 becomes comes before 20 comes before 20 good lord and chapter 19 is the revenge of bullwinkle the moose god i still don't fully know why he's called bullwinkle i feel like that's probably an american thing i have no idea what this is actually hold on let me google this actually what is bullwinkle 
The Adventures of Bull... Oh, Bullwinkle J. Moo. Okay, it's an American show. Okay, Sadie should not be bringing this up because I don't think this was ever aired in the UK. <laughs> um, yeah, it's an ABC show and it, and it aired in the 60s and the 80s. Okay, that was... Oh, it has been on... Hot. Was Bullwinkle ever aired in the UK? Um, I don't, I can't see, BBC One, maybe, but I have no idea. Um, last aired in 2008, at two o'clock though, in the afternoon. So she wouldn't have been able to see it. I know this is so nitpicky of me, but I remember reading it and being like, I have no idea what this is. And now I remember that this is also from Sadie's point of view, and I'm pretty sure she's the one who says it, so she would have no idea either. Or at least she shouldn't, because she's English. Um, so, just a critique. The last time it seemed to have aired in the UK, it was 2008, which would have made her... She's 13 now. This is set in 2011. So... Oh, ten. So she would have been ten at the time. Um, so she would also have been at school. So when it's airing at two o'clock, she also would not have been able to see it because she would have been at school. Yeah, I'm being a dick. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Rick. I know I pick on this a lot. Anyway, um, let's dive in to the overview for chapter nineteen, the Revenge of Bullwinkle the Moose God. And here is the overview. Carter and Sadie receive a dress change that reflects those of ancient times as they board the boat. The passengers of Ra's boat are not happy that Sadie, aka Isis, are there, but with some words of comfort, they are happy to drive them. Their journey through the first few houses, minus the holes in the boat, go pretty well. But then Sadie asks the dreaded question of when will it get exciting? Then come the ramp I'm saying this wrong probably maybe it's numb I don't know <laughs> the ram god and protector of Ra must gain his true name by the canes to pass through or they'll die thankfully Sadie uses the book of Ra to do just that but unfortunately they are about to plunge to their deaths in a river of fire and only with some quick thinking in hieroglyphs from Sadie do they stop themselves from burning up alive? They've arrived through the fourth house where Bess greets them by the shore. There's a problem though. This stop has become a retirement home and Menshikov is close behind. Dun 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 dun! <laughs> and that's basically the overview for chapter 19. So I only have a few things that I kind of want to bring up for the feedback part of this chapter. And the main thing is that I like that we're seeing Sadie taking charge. I do appreciate that. I do really like that. I like that she's engaging in these things and providing some usefulness towards, like, you know, protections and stuff like that, of, like, figuring out how to, to read the Book of Ra is how you get um, the Ram God's name. Um, and then the hieroglyph. The hieroglyphs one I believed in immediately because, like, we know that she's good with hieroglyphs and she know she's good at protecting things like that and knows how to read hieroglyphs, so would know what to do. But it's the reading of the Book of Ra 
that kind of somewhat threw me because there's just the things that happen in this chapter in general from Sadie kind of threw me because it somewhat feels slightly out of nowhere because unlike Carter we've not been shown that she's trained that much in her magic so unless her magical ability is more instinctual instead of learned which again we've not really been shown the fact like she's figured all of this out very quickly of oh i need to read the book of ra to be able to get his name oh oh what we need to put these hieroglyphs on to to stop ourselves from dying um and this kind of continues throughout these last couple of chapters as well just like she's instinctive just like oh yeah i can do this to get the information i'm like but how do you know to do this like it's just there's no what's the words i want to say there's no deduction skills happening it's just kind of like oh yeah no i think reading this book will help and then it does so it just feels like a, a wild guess that just paid off which i guess is a lot of what sadie is like a lot of the stuff she does is sort of like guesses that just happen to work out but can considering that in the next couple of chapters at least i have some serious problems with pacing in this book this just kind of adds to that problem for me of it just feels like rick is just passing along this information through sadie and having things move along so quickly through sort of almost plot convenient ways of her knowing this information and doing it and it working out is to get them to the finale as soon as possible because things are going really quickly (laughs) i know it's just it's i know it's pulling me out of it a little bit um but at the same time i guess i can believe in like the instinctive bit she does seem to be very skilled both of them seem to be very skilled in instinctive magic but in the case of carter at least i also do believe in his magical skill because we've seen him training we've seen him training himself we've seen him training others we've not seen any of that for sadie it just kind of happened in most cases which i think is just a, a an error or a lack of development of her character from rick's part the only things that i want to bring up is another error to do with brick not understanding how britain well, or at least england works um there's a comment about i can't even remember i think it's from her um to do with her outfit where sadie makes a comment that this thing that she's got around her neck is like when she wears like a lead apron at the dentist and all i could think was like i read that i was like we don't wear lead aprons like not even our dentists wear the lead aprons um because like i literally only very recently got an x-ray done of my teeth um i know obviously this is 2011 but even back then i think this was still the case i don't think i ever wore a lead apron um and they basically they put a thing in your mouth this sort of circular thing that you've got to bite down on and they put the x-ray scanner right next to your jaw so it's direct and then take the photo and what the dentists do is that they go into a corner which is like the distance away from any possible x what what was it called or any possible like radiation i guess or whatever it is that's a safe area and they just stand there take the photo and then it's done very quickly there's no lead aprons <laughs> um and we don't do them very often so we definitely don't need the lead aprons in general be- because we don't get them done often enough that we we need this additional protection like i think we get at x-rays and stuff i think it was like well obviously pandemic aside i think it's usually like every two years 
we get x-rays or every year depend it sometimes depends on your teeth but anyway i read it and i was kind of like hmm i don't know um and then there's this other thing which is a very 2011 humor of sadie making fun of carter for wearing a skirt. well no it's not really a skirt. it'd be like i don't even know what i guess you could call it i guess it's technically a skirt still but boys and men can wear skirts and as as someone from the sadie who is from the uk scotland scotland exists they have kilts men wear skirts yes it's for specific occasions but in this case this is very much a specific occasion of they are wearing ancient garb of royalty basically i just it's very internalized misogyny comedy of her just making fun of him like carter doesn't even like have an issue with it until sadie makes an issue of it it's sadie making this joke about him wearing a skirt like it's not funny (laughs) and i just read it and i just rolled my eyes and this is maybe this is just the issue that i have with sadie is that she's very much that idea of the strong female character who just takes the piss out of anything perceived as feminine like i remember it was the episode um when i had darian and owen on and we talked about how she says that her friends aren't like those usual girls who get like and stuff like that basically just taking the piss out of other women that's the kind of person that sadie is and i just don't like it i think i've figured out the reason why i don't like sadie now and it is because firstly she was like me but in my case it was internalized homophobia that also made me misogynistic towards my own gender and then in the case of Sadie, she's just misogyny. Like, she's just got a lot of internalised misogyny that she just let out at everyone else. And I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. But that's basically all I have to say for chapter 19. <laughs> so uh, let's move on to something a little bit... Well, it's not even different. It's just moving on to the next chapter. So let's move on to chapter 20. We visit the house of the helpful hippo. Um, and this is the overview for chapter 20. We make our way into the old folks' home of the Egyptian gods and meet Tawat. Now, I know I'm saying this name wrong. Shut up. I'm dyslexic. Uh, a hippo goddess who Bess has a very unfortunate relationship with. The home houses all forgotten gods, of which there are thousands. And Ra is within this place somewhere. The only problem is... They're running out of time to complete their journey through the house. If they don't find him soon, they're screwed. They search for quite some time and along the way learn Bess's history with Tawat and how she had always liked him, but he never returned those feelings. As time passes, the group become worried until Sadie thinks of reading the scroll to find Ra. And it works. The additional problem... He's still an old, decrepit man, even after the reading of the scroll. Additionally to that, when they rush out of the home, they find that they're actually out of time. Dun, 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 dun. And yeah, that's basically the overview for chapter 20. This was a pretty interesting chapter, but it kind of goes back to the thing I was mentioning before 
of Sadie just figuring out things very quickly and easily. Like, she's read the scroll within these two chapters to progress the plot. It's just, mm, it's a pacing issue, I'm finding. It's definitely, yeah. Mm -mm -mm. Um, The only few additional things before, I'm going to go into plot basically, but the small little feedback things that I have for this is, firstly, the irony of Sadie saying in relation to Bess being more interested in Bass than he was Tawat um, is her saying typical man only seeing the surface as if this bitch wasn't mooning over Anubis just because he's hot and then also the same with Waltz I mean Sadie pot kettle black I mean come on come on shut up <laughs> also in relation to this Bass, Bess and Tawat situation I fucking hate this so much this why 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 have we put another love triangle in and with gods it's just so unnecessary and it gets so much worse like literally only four chapters from now it gets so so much worse and i hate it i hate it it's oh i've talked to it i'll talk about it when i get to it because oh my god but let's get into the plot (laughs) um so you'll remember my issues with the red pyramid being that it dragged a lot Well, I'm having the opposite problem with the Throne of Fire right now. So it's basically a plot and pacing issue that I've currently got with the Throne of Fire. Because this book does not know how to slow down and actually focus on the important things. Like, this is progressing so insanely quickly that we're not even being given breathing room to what's happening. Like, the process of finding Rara is moving so fast that this rest of the book just feels a bit out of place like getting the scroll pages and getting to the duat to find him it all feels a bit simple when everything else around it has happened because they're really not having any problems in this tunnel uh, in this tunnel in this river like this journey they've barely had any problems that they've not been able to fix within two pages what two three pages like it's just progressing so insanely quickly i don't know how i feel about it like, I like that things aren't dragging like it was in the Red Pyramid, but it all just feels really sudden. Like, what I was saying to do with the Sadie knowing how to do things with absolute bare minimum training and understanding of how things are working. It's just feeling very plot convenient. Things are moving forward so easily and feel easy as well. Like, I don't know. Like, we're not even having the chance to kind of deal with the fact that Ra is still an old man after having the book of Ra read to him like he's woken up like he was basically in a coma and they woke him up after finishing the reading of the second part of the spell and that while they're kind of like oh god this is bad we're not actually having like this is um, not even more spoilers but basically just referencing the later chapters we still don't really address the fact that Ra is not in well, we keep talking about how Ra's not in good shape, but there's no actual pause from, like, Carter and Sadie. Not enough of one, in my opinion, at least, of, holy shit, have we screwed up? This guy is old. He's not making sense. He's speaking about zebras and weasels. Like, what is happening? Like, what have we done? Have we fucked up? Like, there's no moment of that, which I feel like there should have been, because Carter was already having in just the previous chapters like a question of faith of 
not knowing if he was making the right decision. And now this has happened. There should be a full-blown crisis happening right now from him and from Sadie of them both being like, how have we not like how how has this gone so wrong so quickly like we knew that there was the possibility but now our worst realities have happened but there is no addressing it whatsoever they've not talked about it they've not discussed it the only thing we're focusing on right now which admittedly is still important is the fact that they've that they've run out of time like they're trapped the eighth house uh can only be passed through at the eighth hour and they're three hours behind. They've lost three hours, so that's closed. That they're, they're they're doomed. They've lost. But even that, they don't really kind of ruminate on. Kind of going into the next chapters, which like I won't go into detail. But this is the issue that I'm having with these last six chapters: is that things are moving so quickly that we're not getting the chance to actually think and feel on what is happening. And the worst part of it is in the next couple of chapters, which obviously I will only get to when we do that next week. So uh, be sure to come back next week for if you want to hear my thoughts on how bad the pacing is in this. And this is this situation. So I know I've talked about this for The Red Pyramid and The Lost Hero, and I'll be talking about it a lot for Heroes of Olympus in general. But there is a lot of... And I think it definitely ties into the fact that Rick was writing so many different books at once for two different series that have so like huge overarching plots that he has to keep an eye on and he's having to write them within such a short period of time to get out in the same year I don't know it's just I think both of them are struggling from cases of pacing in very different ways Throne of Fire it's that it's moving so fast that the pace is so quick that you're not getting the chance to actually focus on the significant things and then you've got the opposite issue of the pacing is so slow that it drags and that the story doesn't actually feel like it's progressing well enough that you can feel yourself kind of getting a little bit bored and just kind of following the motions of the story and that happens a lot in the lost hero particularly but also obviously in the bread pyramid also where there are dragging parts of the storyline and i can't i feel like this is the case of the throne of fire is that rick <laughs> realized that maybe there was too much dragging in the first book and then did the complete opposite and just made it shorter but then the worst part is the next book the finale is even shorter than this one i'm pretty sure hold on let me check that actually i don't fully know how many chapters this last one has so da, da, da. Uh, da, da. yeah it's shorter it's shorter so this is 24 chapters that one is 22 oh my god obviously we've got a while until that one because uh timeline wise serpent shadow is until after the blood of olympus but that is so much like i'm somewhat nervous i don't actually remember anything from the serpent shadow but i'm i'm nervous because of what the current situation is with this book um i know i also mentioned talking about characters but i don't really have much to say about characters in the end so <laughs> the only thing i had was just I'm disappointed that Sadie's character hasn't really grown. If anything, she's, like, regressed as a character. I just... I don't know. I'm somewhat, I'm just disappointed. But, um, that is all. These, the current situation is, as I laid out, the pacing is a problem for me. Um, which is where this week's question of the episode is going to tie in. And I want to know 
of a similar situation with you guys. How do you feel about the pacing of the journey through the River of Night? Um, obviously, they'll be going up on our social media, so be sure to keep an eye out for that and follow us over on the socials at Best Damn Camp Pot. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this because I'm worried that I'm just being a bit too harsh, uh, which is 100% a possibility because that is a theme of me as a podcaster. But um, yeah, as always, thank you all for joining me for these chapters and be sure to join me next Wednesday as we continue our Rowan verse journey. To plug where you can find our podcast, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audio Boom, Stitcher, and basically wherever you listen to your podcasts. In the meantime, between episodes, you can find the Best Damn Camp on various social media at Best Damn Camp Pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to email me with your thoughts on the episode, you can email thebestdamncamp at hotmail.com, or if you want to support the podcast, you can head over to the Patreon page at patreon.com slash a healthy dose of Fran, which is linked in the episode show notes for things like early access to episodes and other exclusive perks. Want more Royal Universe content? Check me out on YouTube at a healthy dose of Fran. And if you want to support my writing career, drop me a follow at a dose of Fran on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Again, thank you all for tuning in. As always, I've been Fran, your very own hunter, and I'll see, shall I speak to you all next time. Bye.